This is the Office Manager Diaries, a podcast all about the highs and the lows of professionals in office management around the world. We'll delve into their career journeys and diaries where they'll share their stories, tips for success and only things office managers understand. Enjoy and please remember to give us a follow. Hello everybody, it's Hannah Gray back with another episode of the Office Manager Diaries and today I am again really privileged and fortunate to be joined by not just one incredible office management professional but two. I'm welcoming Martha Gregory and Catherine Goddard from Kit Offices. Hi ladies. Hello. Hello. Thank you so much for having us. Pleasure. It's lovely to have you both on on what is now a little bit of a sunny afternoon compared to what we've had this week in the in September but um, yeah it's really lovely to see you both and, and welcome you onto the podcast. So can you start by just introducing us who you are and, and your roles at Kit Offices please? Martha do you want to go first? Yeah absolutely. Uh, firstly thank you so much for inviting us both on this podcast it's an absolute pleasure. Um, so as you said I'm Martha Gregory I work for Kit Offices as their workplace experience manager joined just over a year and a half ago as initially an account manager and now a uh, title change gone into the workplace experience team and essentially I'm brand ambassador for a portfolio of clients that I look after at, at Kit. Uh, and I'm Catherine Goss Goddard. I'm the workplace experience director at Kit Offices. So I head up our workplace experience team um, and I'm basically obsessed with offices I think <laughs> on a day-to-day basis. So I think that often it's what I dream about and yeah, I lead up the team and uh, look after our portfolio of clients and their offices, working a lot with office management professionals and thinking about offices. <laughs> Fabulous. So yeah, so what what do kit offices do and, and what more specifically are your roles there in terms of, of the day-to-day running of the office and how you work together to to give that office experience to um to your staff to support them? So what I think is really unique about Kit in particular is we work not only for Kit and looking after their office, but we are essentially an extension of office management companies for all of our clients. So at Kit, what we do is we find offices for all of our clients. We help them find a new space. Often, majority of our clients are coming out of a co-working They want to have their own office for the first time that feels like theirs, that's branded like theirs. And we bring them in. Uh, We do all of help with the nitty gritty of negotiations and we do the fit out for them. We work on a really collaborative design process so that somebody can walk into their office on day one and it feels like an embodiment of their brand. And then at Kit, we are a company of around 50 people, offices in King's Cross and we have the really difficult job of being the absolute poster kids for what good offices should look like. There's a lot of pressure that comes with that. Our office is really nice and open plan. We have lots of different experts and departments and teams. And the one great thing I think about working in workplace experience and office management is that you do get to work with absolutely everybody. And that happens for us in the way that we work with our clients, but also for us at Kit. That's kind of what we do and what Martha and I do. So we have a really different, I guess, perspective in that it's not just our office. It is the tens of many hundred offices that we also look after at Kit. So we deal with literally everything in the office. We have a full 360 and it is everything from there's a disaster 
to, you know what, we need a new meeting room. How can we do that? How do we facilitate that? Marth and I channel all of that with the office teams to create a workplace experience. And I think what we found so exciting about the platform that you have is that it is giving office managers a voice. And so often, like we understand that role and we do that role ourselves and we do it for so many of our clients. So how do you both work together at Kit and where do your roles, I suppose, divide and come together? So we do have a big team behind us. It's not just it's not just the two of us. We we have a client services team that are based in our own HQ in King's Cross who are fully behind the two of us. We have separate portfolios and then we have daily touch points between the two of us, as I say, whether it's with our CS team. So there is that visibility on all clients across the whole portfolio. So yeah, we have visibility on on both sides of things but what's great is you also have that autonomy which is really nice so I manage the team I also have the difficult task of running the kit side of things so for example today we're looking at building more meeting space and I'm presenting that to our exec team of what that looks like what that project can look like and really spearheading and advocating for the future of office management and what are office managers across our portfolio, but also that we internally, what do we need? Is it better visibility of everything that's happening in the office? Do we need to be advocating for more quantifiable data for office managers to be able to use and report upwards on what's happening in the office, why they need to make changes and making sure that everything's running smoothly, really top down. We always kind of say that the buck stops to us. We really advocate for our office manager clients and get again in in kit uh, yeah all those wider teams so how do you manage and I suppose what's the divide between the work you'll have so did you say there were 50 people in kit's office yeah in King's Cross so how do you manage that which in itself is is quite a chunky role to to manage that office from a, a traditional office management perspective versus then what you do as an extension of other office management teams I suppose where they've got their own office manager or they haven't perhaps with some of your clients, how do you manage that almost like a hybrid role, I suppose, in some senses where you're providing an internal service and an external service? How do you manage that between you? We're really lucky internally at Kit, in fact. Um, Everybody is really committed to a fantastic office experience in our office. And it's not just because we have to be the leaders in, in great office experience, but also because everybody genuinely cares about about what that should look like so we're really lucky in that our HR team and um, lots of other people across the business are really passionate about creating wonderful moments for each other Uh, we have like one really avid baker she's doing a bake-off they keep adding my name to the list I keep saying no um we have uh we do pizza and beer on a Thursday night that's organized by our HR and our talent team that gets everybody together we have like a beer keg in the office and everyone comes together has a beer at the end of the week and so what do you think is happening at the moment in the office management profession and how do you see it evolving so one of the things we've really been trying to work on is how to flatten the curve So you see this a lot in the Tuesday, Thursday is the big trend for hybrid working. And actually, we kind of wanted to flatten that a bit. We wanted people to be in more regularly, to really be enjoying coming to the office. How do we bring people back? So we changed our mandatory days to a Monday and we 
really encourage people to come in by doing our big team ramp up every other Monday that has breakfast included. Free food is the key to a happy office. I'm absolutely convinced by that. And we do our big team meetings on a Monday to make sure that everybody feels really included and together. And then we do our our lunch, which means everybody comes in for that day. Everyone's really excited. And because you're starting the week in the office, I think what that has really afforded us the ability to do is everybody starts the week in the mentality of coming in and being together. So by a Tuesday, we've still got pretty good numbers of people coming to the office and that follows through for the rest of the week until Friday when everybody just wants to be at home a little bit. And what we find really useful and as a workplace manager for our office, I use a lot to present upwards on reporting how the office is doing is we have tech that we use that monitors our attendance. We do hot desking. So we have desk booking software that we use and that's all like in our app. And that really allows me the opportunity to be able to report back and say, hey, we've been able to flatten the curve. Look at this. We've got like record attendance compared to last quarter and the quarter before. And these are the differences that having a lunch that we know everybody loves has on a Monday. This is the impact that pizza and beer has on a Thursday. This is the impact of all of these things that we're able to introduce. And I think what is difficult is keeping everybody happy all the time. I think that is every office manager's like exhaustion point. It's really hard to keep everybody happy. We find that one, most people are happy with pizza and beer. But we do a lot of surveys. We do a lot of high team collaboration. We spend a lot of time as kind of department heads and leaders thinking about what do the team need? What does everybody need out of this office i mean even today as we were talking about we're building a new meeting room because we need some more meeting space and it sounds something that's quite easy like oh yeah we'll do another meeting room in that corner and that'll be fine and actually what we're talking about is what do we need what do we want what are we lacking we need to think about actually i know that everyone wants more collaboration space everybody is dying for a space to come together and whiteboard something and think about something so how do we as the office team facilitate that. How do we create that? How do we manage that? And that's the kind of thing that we're coming up time after time. What is difficult of an office of any size, we've got some offices that are five people and some that are 40, 50, 100, 200, is it's a constantly evolving and growing thing. And I think what is so difficult for office managers at the moment is we are working in it. We're on a workplace revolution with hybrid there's never been this much disruption to the working pattern as there has been in the last few years. And how do you keep culture? How do you keep a handle of things as they evolve and they change? How do you keep all of this together? And I think the answer for us and the success that I've seen in our office has been listening and adapting. And we're con- constantly doing it, constantly listening, constantly adapting. I think that's how we've seen success in getting everybody back and keeping everybody motivated so I think at the minute there is I'd like to call it a revolution in in the role of the office manager as to what it was potentially pre-covid obviously what it wasn't during covid when none of us were going into the office and what it is coming out of that period of time it's these office managers are as we've said before your daily Mm -hmm. tasks involve so many people the entire team but you're doing that by yourself and there's a lot of pressure and we speak to office managers every day um, we obviously have our own office management team and it's like they're, they're tasked with a never ending list, to be honest. You know, there's things that they think about themselves, there's things that different teams come to them with, there's things that C-suite depend on them to, to provide, you know, information, insights. And office managers, I think, probably have one of the hardest roles 
um in a business and yeah yeah I think what's really interesting is we're starting to see such value held in office management in a way that I don't think we've ever seen before and like we have a uh we have an office in New York and the office management in the states is so well regarded and is is seen as a career and what I think we are getting to in the UK especially is that value is really starting to be felt and often I wonder had COVID not happened would people would that evolution still have happened I, I really hope that it would but I think suddenly the focus of so many businesses is how do we get people back how do we make the office feel important how do we make sure that everybody is okay and that business is functioning and running and everything's all good but that this office is a place that people really want to come to and the office manager is at the core of that and honestly I think it's the biggest question that anybody is asking is how do we get people back what's the value of the office and the office manager is just the core of it so I think what is so exciting is that that evolution now I think that's what's really changing is the importance that we're feeling for office managers like across the world I'm gonna say <laughs> yeah global like the value is being seen and appreciated yes. right and you're feeling that yourselves yeah absolutely I think what we see so much is and as I mentioned kind of like we use the data to track how we're doing so much of that links back to what small changes have we made and it could have been like we've switched fruit supplier and everybody really loves that there's more bananas because bananas always go first. Like I remember about a year ago, bananas were basically used as currency. Like you would trade, you would get a banana and then you would trade it because you had the, like it was silliness. And now we just have loads. Of <laughs> it's like, it's little it's things. Vanity. Is this, is this for real? That's actually for real. I can vouch. Definitely vouch for that. Yeah. It was like, if it Monday morning you had the fruit delivery bananas gone by like 11 a.m and it was it's like if you had a if you wanted a banana and it was like on someone's desk like I will trade you what do you want and they'd be like you owe me a report <laughs> give me a banana um so it was I think even little it's those little details those little changes that make so much difference like again recently we've just switched out snack supplier and before like we didn't have a great variety we didn't have a really great mix of like healthy and different snacks and now we have loads and like we've got really good supply it comes really regularly there's loads of variety it keeps people really sustained and happy and chatting throughout the day and actually where we see where we can quantify like look people are coming back to the office and these are the changes that we've made um that's really exciting because it's all forms part of this experience and that goes all the way up to we need to increase meeting capacity like there's this function piece of like how does the office operate that is up to us is like the office management team and the workplace team to look at and see how is the whole running how is it going from fruit basket up to meeting room capacity and we have that oversight and I think the office manager lens, the way that we look at spaces and the way that we look at our office is by looking at everything. Like if you talk to C-suite or another team leads, they'll look at the bit that affects their team. The only person looking at every single part of the office is the office manager. And it's a great role. Like it's so wonderful. Like you get to live in your work. Like it's 
your like are my job is my surroundings I love that and I I think it's yeah I think that's where the real evolution is coming from it's this really unique lens and the value that's that's really coming yeah which is which is so important I mean I, I may have mentioned it on the pod in previous episodes but there is or there certainly was at the start of COVID when you saw the headlines of the end of the office and all this kind of stuff where people like us were like, oh my God, is the office management role dead? Yeah. And actually the opposite seems to have happened. The role has grown over the last three years. There's almost 6 million office managers and that wouldn't necessarily pick your titles up either because you're workplace experience managers Mm. and directors. So if you look up office, there's like 5.8 million around the world, which Back in 2017, there were less than three and a half million. Yeah. And it, the, the sort of predictions, even with AI coming into it, which is a huge thing, you know, talking about data a bit there, is that a lot of admin roles are, you know, going to be redundant or whatever, which isn't the case necessarily. But office manager roles are actually predicted to grow yeah. um, in terms of the numbers and the responsibility. So it has evolved it's no longer that kind of stuffy secretary sitting at the desk and everyone's afraid of them and this kind of thing it's it's like you said the heart and soul the the person that interacts with every stakeholder and has such an amazing bird's eye perspective of everything going on because you become and you make yourself that go-to so yeah I I fully agree and it's it's amazing to see like you say the value interesting about New York as well that 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 they have this different perspective of the role i mean how how do you see that how have you observed that or is that you just know because they they're getting more money or like how do you know that that's the the way that it's being treated in america um it's mainly from feedback that we've heard just from like other office managers i know in new york and you you get the whole network of people and you see the development of office managers i think the evolution of the role feels much clearer I think it's there's a real pride thing that I'm very proud of of the office that we run and the environments that we create I think that's that's a huge feedback piece for me like I feel really great when I see people collaborating in an office and you know you're part of that environment like that's a huge win for me but I think there has been a real stigma around the role for a long time. You kind of felt like it was something that was really easily dismissed. And what you see in New York is the way that they talk about office management, the way they talk about their role is held with such dignity and such pride as it should be. Absolutely as it should be. What I see now so much in the network and how I feel myself is that there is that pride that's coming through of like this is the environment that we've created that's so exciting so yeah it's more feedback into how they carry and how they talk about the role it just it feels different it feels weightier than I think it's necessarily always felt in the UK you mentioned there about it it being seen more as a career out there and there's this whole you know no one understands what I do feeling I suppose of office managers anyway you know how many times have you been asked throughout your office management careers exactly do you do um and you you have an answer of everything yeah sometimes it's just like do you want to see my task list like yeah exactly exactly martha any anything to add there for for your from your perspective about the evolution of the role and and i suppose now we've gone into it like the value and the recognition around it yeah absolutely i think it's 
when you talk about the value of the, the office manager, the office management team, is it's feeling like you can sit at the table and have C-suite around you and you're empowered with the information or the insight from the rest of your team to go and share that. Because as you say, you you are that point of contact for, for all departments. You know, you have that insight. We speak to whether it's our tech team, whether it's our sales team, whether it's the cleaning provider, whether it's the coffee provider when they come into the office, like you're that point of contact and you have that valuable information to then go and put that together, whether that's, you know, whether that's via a dashboard or whether that, as you say, your never ending task list, wherever that information is stored, you you have that. That's kind of like your, your you know, that's in your possession. Nobody else has that. Um, and it's just, it's empowering it's also you know it's it's daunting it's you know it's it's on you it's it's something like if, if I don't get this done who's who's going to do it you know there's as you say there's there's a lot to do there's a lot to get through and it changes it changes week by week you know one week it's the bananas the next week it's the meeting room it's <laughs> it's constantly changing you're constantly on your toes and I think the adaptability of our own office management team I know that Catherine and I are dealing with different things every hour let alone every day we I know that I can speak for Catherine as well we definitely feel appreciated by our colleagues by our providers by the partners that we have and I think just feeling empowered I guess to as I say take all of that information and actually go to C-suite and say listen this is what I'm doing this is the information I have this is what I think we should do with it these are the next steps and I think that's really important I think it's it's so tough as the office manager. You're always the person that somebody goes, goes, what's what's the update with this? What's like what's happening with this? And you always have to have that information so readily available. I think what we're really lucky with is that we do have tech where we can like raise issues and log tickets and like it goes through to like facilities team who are dealing with it and you can constantly see what's the next step on the action, what's what's happening. So you have all of that at your fingertips. Cause I think that is it's so hard to structure a day as an office manager <laughs> because you don't know who's going to stand next to your desk and say, what's happening with this? Or I've run out of this or this has happened. Um, and so always being a step ahead and always knowing what's coming, really owning the space. What advice would you give to anybody who does want to get more proactive rather than what is very typically a reactive role? And, and you can't stop having to be reactive because... I think you mentioned leaks earlier and something said, you know, if there's a leak or a fire or someone has an accident or the coffee machine breaks down, God forbid, or the bananas have all gone, which I still can't get quite get over <laughs> that. Um, that's going to stay with me for a while. But what what is your advice to, to anybody who wants to make that shift? The piece of advice that I would give is always be looking for opportunities. Like I said, with our office, it's OK, well, we want an extra meeting room. And then you kind of think, okay, well, I've had this instruction and I've and I've been asked to do this, but let me ask why. I feel like there's another opportunity here. There's a reason why I've been asked why this request has come through. Is it because we need more bums on seats for like four people, five people, six people, whatever the capacity could be? Or is it because actually everybody just needs a place to come and collaborate because that's different from a meeting room that's a that's a collaboration space that should be open and it should feel different and actually you know in that area there's storage items so where do I, where do I repurpose that where do I put that how are we using that at the moment I think it goes back to that office manager lens it's finding opportunities where you have them I think challenging I think it can be the hardest thing you can do but as an office manager 
you often have a direct line to the most senior people in the business. When they ask something of you, of course you want to go, yeah, I'm going to deliver that exactly. But I think proactive evolution of the role comes from why do you want that? Especially on the bigger bits. What What is it that you really need? What is it that you need the office to do? What is it you need from the experience that you don't feel like you're getting right now? I think that's how you grow. And there is so much going on in the office space right now. There are so many solutions. There are so many innovations coming through. I think expand your network. I think um, kind of try and keep your ear to the ground of of what is happening. Like, you know, what are Google putting in their office? Big, like they're building it right by King's Cross near our office now, and it looks like a cruise ship. And I've got no idea what's going in there, but I don't know if it's been like slides or what it's going to be. But you can, by keeping in touch with kind of what's happening elsewhere, you can start to see, hey, would that work for us? Like we see it in our client offices, we take inspiration from them all the time. They have a beer keg and they do beers on a Thursday. We're like, well, our guys also love pizza, but that sounds like a great thing to do. This is really fun. And and there's somebody else back on the beer theme, but somebody else had been like, I don't know, I don't know how to choose them. I was like, why don't we do a survey? And then we did it internally. And it's like, what does everybody want? And everybody felt so engaged and involved in the process. I think that kind of proactive thinking of, yeah, keeping keeping open to opportunities and seeing where they come from. I think that's how you can grow in any role, but particularly in office management, because so often you are a team of one. So you have to be your own cheerleader. I think on that it's the it's the communication it's the communication lines with those that you work with it's like don't be afraid as Catherine says to ask the to challenge to to ask questions it's um you know I think we we find the most benefit when we actually ask our colleagues you know why do you want that you know what impact do you think that's going to have on not just your experience but maybe your team's experience or the wider the wider everyone's experience coming into the office it's um it's just remaining open making sure that you provide time slots throughout the day throughout the week to speak to you know for your for your colleagues to come and say listen I've had this idea can we talk about this can we discuss this and I think it's yeah for me it's just ensuring that the rest of the team around me knows that come and suggest anything you know it's something that they might have seen elsewhere or something that they've just thought of and as Catherine mentioned earlier we do a lot of surveys we do a lot of you know internal channel messages there's a lot of polls that go around whether it's what toppings do you want on your pizza whether it's what should we name the meeting rooms in the office you know there's all sorts of surveys that go around but I think it's bring people into these decisions make sure that they're they're being heard they're being listened to because at the end of the day they're the ones using it. 100% 100% agree. I, I mean, the amount of times I've been in roles where I've taken over from a previous office manager, one of the reasons that inspired me to, to create the whole company, and they haven't done the simple things of like, we know we need to get new coffee machines in. And this isn't just one coffee machine in an office of 50. This is five, six coffee machines in an office of three, 400. And they have never asked the staff to like try the coffee before they buy the machines or what do they think of the current machine and what's not right with it? What's wrong with it? And so on. And the same with even printers never sort of told the print companies what sort of things we're printing. So then the new printers come in and they can't print the level of detail that some of these, yeah. these um, like these departments are producing, like research departments where you've got tiny, tiny, tiny graphs on A5 pitch books, but they, they want to print last minute because they're always running late to get to these meetings. So they need fast print within detail. And they were just 
sticking you know the toners sometimes stick when they get oh, too hot yeah. misfeeding constantly and then you open the page and the wax sort of toner you know residue is like stuff and I'm like did anybody ever give the print like companies what we actually print so they can identify and it's just so important that value and going deeper and you know to wrap up what you've said really what's the objective what's the purpose of why I'm doing this and like you say why I'm being asked to do this so wholeheartedly agree it's really important I talked a lot in the previous episodes on a series of health and safety tips and I want to just come back to that for a moment in this week's tip if I can which is to talk about a general health and safety audit. So many people say to me that they don't know exactly what they should be doing in their office management roles in terms of health and safety to stay legally compliant and there are many ways in which you can find the information out there in the ether. The office management portal clearly I'm going to plug here is a great resource for you to find information and templates including a gap analysis audit that you can take yourself through if you wish to we've got video tutorials and all sorts of other things but either way in whichever case you do it doing a bit of an audit of your health and safety you can get consultants in we do this for clients as well to help you understand where you're up to and where your gaps are so all the things that I've talked about already, like COSH and material safety data sheets, Legionella and the L8 regulations, driving for work, having a policy, having a competent person, doing DSE assessments, all these different things that we should be doing legally and sharing information and training on legally. Like if you have people manual handling in your office, very typically the IT people or um, the office management people are very often the ones that are, are manual handling and marketing and so on. You need to do things like this. So get yourself a spreadsheet set up, write down all the different things that you know about already and what you're doing with them and try and get research done to understand what else you should be doing. Ask people in your network, ask people um, that are more expert than you and create a sheet that you can then use as a tracker so you can see your progress as you start to bring those items to a close and finalize policies, training, etc., or put systems and processes in place so that it's an ongoing exercise and an ongoing task to update certain things like annually and policies and risk assessments and all that kind of stuff, testing, maintenance, so that you are on top of that and you can demonstrate should the health and safety executive, at least here in the UK, but whoever your local body in, in your jurisdiction might be, can see that you haven't just been naive and ignorant to health and safety and said, oh, I didn't know we had to do it because that will not go down well with them, I promise you. You need to have something in place to try and understand what you should be doing and put those tools, training, information, etc., out there. I hope that helps and please do feel free to contact me directly if you do need any further help with health and safety. So you've mentioned data a couple of times here so let's talk about that a bit further. Within your office management world and remits how do you use this to be more strategic and you've mentioned about aligning with C-suites and and that's something I talk about a lot in training is this strategic alignment. So how do you utilize that to perhaps get a seat at that table? We're really lucky in that we have tech that supports us because of what we do. Um, but what is really hard about the office, and I think what has been so difficult today, has been how do you quantify anything? Because it's like that classic thing of like, show me the numbers and then I can make a decision. And when you're talking to C-suite, who CFOs, people that look at the bottom line, 
they want to know what's going to be the impact of this. If I invest in, you know, acoustics for this meeting room, or if I invest in a change in snack supplier, if I invest in these changes, what's it actually going to do? And I think there are so many ways that you can quantify it. Like we use desk booking a lot. Like I can pull those numbers because I have that visibility as the owner of the space to say, okay, well, we have the ability to say, well, we changed X at this date, and now we've seen an increase in the number of desks that are being booked, or we've implemented a new thing like Monday lunch. These are the numbers that we're seeing of people in the office. I think data is how you validate the changes that you want to make. And it gives you another metric to be kind of hard to account for but it helps you show your value like I will go to our senior team and I'll say listen this was where we were in terms of numbers this is where we were in terms of people using the meeting rooms and how often they were booked out and now I've brought in another one and now it looks like this I'm able to really show the value that we're adding to the business to the office um, and that that helps because so often you are reporting so far high up in the business And real estate is the biggest investment aside from people. So when you are the owner of that, you have to be able to quantify in different ways. And data is the the easiest way to be able to do that. Especially if you're talking to a finance director who is like, show me the, you know, show me the data, show me the money. As you say, like Jeremy Maguire, isn't it? Show me the money. But um, Jeremy Maguire. Yeah, I say Jeremy. I don't know. Jeremy Maguire, anyway. But yeah, you, you need to understand, I think, how the people making the decisions like this kind of stuff to be presented to them because some people are you know shoot from the hip decision makers it's a quick conversation I think we should do this why yeah okay go ahead some people love the data so your company clearly likes the data you like using it and you've learned that to get the validation show your value raise your profiles get the results you need and continue to drive that forward so that again being proactive I think is very important to understand how you're leaders make decisions and and work on that basis and that's so data clearly does it for you and, and exploring what apps and things can help you with that data so yeah really really like that one and another point actually for anyone who's a regular listener of the pod the management information pack that I've mentioned a few times on this you could totally put the data that you've just mentioned into that management information pack to demonstrate we did this and this is a change and here's here's my successes and my wins. So yeah, really, really like that one. So what would you say are your biggest challenges right now within your remit and, and, and your responsibilities? And what do you think, given the access you have and the, the network you have of office managers within your, your the other part of your roles, are you seeing that the biggest challenges are generally for them and how are you and or they overcoming them? I'd say one of the, the biggest challenges at the minute is, as we said earlier, you can't please everyone. You, It's impossible. It's an impossible feat. As, as we've said so many times, the office manager, you're, it's a sole position. You're working by yourself unless you have a small team. Trying to please the rest of the company is just, it's it's impossible. So I think 
you know, just being able to, to be open about that and say, listen, it's a work in progress. We're trialing things. We do that on the daily at Kit, our own, in our own office. We, we trial things and we're not afraid to make mistakes and say, you know what, we've trialed it. We'll do it for the next quarter. We'll do it for the next few weeks. We'll do it for the next week, if that. And then if it doesn't work, we've got feedback. We can work towards that. We can speak to other office managers that we know to understand, listen, we actually trialed this. It didn't really go very well. What, what would you suggest? We had we had office managers actually come into our office at one point um, a couple of months ago, and we all sat around a table, and it was like a it's just a great conversation session, just having all these office managers from different sectors, different industries, and it was just basically a conversation about what are you, what are you currently seeing? You know, coming out of COVID, what are you seeing? What issues are you going through? And that was things like, oh, we really struggle trying to get um trying to get those that have moved outside of London back into the office. Because, you know, they, they don't want to commute. They've they've moved outside of London for a reason. And now they're being told, by the way, mandatory, you know, two, three, four days in the office. And we're getting real pushback. We're getting real resistance. And the question was, what are you seeing the same thing? What 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 have you put in place? What have you implemented to overcome that? So I think it's it's just having these open conversations. It's speaking to other office managers who are, who are dealing with to be honest, very similar situations. They might be slightly different, but in general, we found especially that you're all in the same boat and it was great. It was actually great to have this conversation with people in the same in the same roles and just talk openly about it and just understand what we what we see for the future. As I say, I think the most important thing is don't be afraid to make mistakes. Don't be afraid to, to get pushback resistance because you can realize that with the role that you have, you have the power to implement changes following that and be creative like you've got creative license in these roles right to to come up and be innovators and my 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 thought went through my head then um maybe inappropriately but of uh, you saying the people that have moved outside of london and i wanted to say and who got dogs i can't come in now because i have a dog what bs excuse is that get a dog walker <laughs> you're on 120 grand a year get a dog walker <laughs> honestly I'm quite biased about hybrid working I'm like that there's a balance but don't push it like yeah a job's a job at the end of the day but there we go so um now is one of my favorite bits on the podcast so um asking you to share something from your office manager diaries please or as we call it a you won't believe it but moment so mine is free kit and it was my first really like office manager role and I was working for an events company and I was in like the second hire um, for a long time. And I had to do absolutely everything in that space. And it was a studio space. So it was literally everything from buying milk for everybody's tea, make sure the coffee machine works to is the first aid kit stocked and how's everything running out the door and who's coming in today and who's where and what's this, what's the founder doing and everything. And about four months in, we had to move. And for any office manager, a move is just so stressful. And I was working for an event florist. And so we had to move vases. So that was difficult. But as you know, the business can't stop. And you somehow still have to move manage the office even when it is on the move. I remember it was the day we were shifting everything from one location to another. And I had to keep going. I had my desk pulled out and put on the back of a van, but I had to still work in the old studio to make sure I was coordinating everything else that was happening. I had my desk became an upturned bin 
the Wi-Fi router was gaffer taped to the wall. We had no heating and it was freezing cold and I was in three coats. My seat was another overturned bin. And I have that picture. I actually have it framed in my house because every time I think I'm having a rough day, I remember the Wi-Fi gaffer tape to the wall and my desk being a bin. <laughs> I think, you know what? This is fine. <laughs> this is fine. This is absolutely Nothing fine. to that. Nothing I would like to, to see that picture, please, Catherine. I will send it to you. <laughs> <laughs> that is brilliant. I mean, again, getting creative, right? What? How can I continue working? I don't want to sit and work on the floor. That's not good for my back. Aha. A bin. Nobody's put a bin on the van yet. Exactly. That hadn't quite made it onto the moving trucks. So I'm like, I'm going to keep this. Because <laughs> worst comes to worst, I can chuck it in the back of a taxi and take it with me. So <laughs> I'll keep this bit. Wow. It's like that's a low moment, isn't it, for you when you're wearing three coats and you're sitting working from a bin? Honestly. But it was so fun. What drew you both to the field maybe Martha with with what you've just said it maybe was that but what drew you to the field of office management and how has your journey evolved over the years love to hear a little bit more about your, your background I think for me particularly living in London being 26 I have a lot of friends who have just spent you know a good two two and a bit years as we all have during COVID working from home and they've, they've fallen, lots of my friends have fallen in love with working from home. And the idea that you're now in a company who's telling you to come back into the office, a lot of my friends, I have conversations with them and they're, they're really against it. And for me, I love being in our office for so many different reasons, whether it's our office itself, whether it's the great coffee machine, the snacks that are on offer, whether it's, as Catherine mentioned, the Thursday pizza and, and drinks, you know, absolutely bribe me and I'm happy. But there's also that sense of, I, I'm in the office and there's music in the background. It's dog friendly. There's a dog somewhere. You know, it's I'm best mates with people that I work with. And it's having that area. It's having that space. It's also having the boundaries between I come home and I go to the office. It's those two different places. And I, I love that. Don't get me wrong. I love my Fridays work from home. I think everybody needs to have that balance. But I feel really passionate, passionately about going into the office, making that commute and actually being in the office three, four times a week. And I think when I have these conversations with my friends, I'm like, oh, that, that upsets me. I, you know, I, I hate that you don't like your office because I'm exactly the opposite. I love going in. And that's something I think that that has driven the, you know, the, the job that I'm currently in. I think for me, I came to office management in a bit of a, a backwards way in that I as I mentioned I started in the events industry and I actually kicked off in venues so I used to work at the Science Museum in Somerset House and you have the same kind of visibility on those spaces one you feel an immense amount of pride of working in those spaces but you become very protective because they're historical and you've got artifacts and objects and you've got people drinking champagne you know like the first Ford model car and it's absolute madness but you feel this real ownership and you feel really protective. And I loved that feeling. Um, mainly it's because I'm just very type A, but I loved that feeling. And I think for me, COVID really changed my career trajectory because um, events just really stopped happening. <laughs> and I kind of fell into this world really of 
of offices and what that feels like and having done it in that last events role that I mentioned with the bins again I, I loved owning it I loved supporting the people around me I, I felt I became a bit of like the mother hen of just like everybody comes to you and they've got a problem and I love that I love solving other people's problems this felt like the most natural evolution in the world and what I think is so exciting about right now is we are really thinking about the whole experience of the office. It's not just how many desks can get an X amount of square foot anymore. It's what is this experience like? And the office management team is at the absolute core of that. I think it's just, it's so exciting. I love being able to support my colleagues. I love being, yeah, the person that everybody comes to. Maybe that's a bit um, narcissistic of me. I don't know. Not at all. I love being able to create that experience for people. And I and I think it's so fulfilling, genuinely, when I think there was um, something the other day that one of our teams sent around on a on a Slack message that was just a picture of our kitchen. And it's like a, we've got this huge, big lunch table. We've got lots of little cafe tables. And it was a picture and it was after lunch, I think it was an afternoon one day. And there were just clusters of colleagues just working together and figuring things out. And I just thought that's so beautiful. That's just such a wonderful thing to have been able to create to enable that's just really exciting I think it's really fulfilling so my last question for you both then is where are your careers heading what what aspirations do you have it might not be a different title or job it might be doing certain things within your remits already and expanding there but what what are your aspirations for me at the moment a large part of my role is partnership building it's it's as you mentioned earlier it's firstly vetting them with my colleagues it's making sure that I understand what we need in the office what changes they want to make do we want to change the coffee supplier why do we want to host a coffee tasting session do we need to get the provider in before we make that decision so that is that's something that I'm finding really enjoyable at the moment it's reaching out to not just London-based companies it's those that have worldwide offices and it's really going through that process not just by myself because I'm not the only coffee drinker or the only snack eater it's really bringing in the rest of the team into that experience and and we're doing it with so many different things and I think what the team are loving is not just the free snacks and bits that do seem to be coming our way when I'm speaking to these partners but it's also that they're being heard you know they're being listened to we we're trialing a lot of different things whether it's as I say coffee whether it's snacks whether it's our lunches it's just that partnership building is something that I'm personally really really enjoying and I think that's something that I would love to just do more and more um as I continue in this role I think for me it's um I have absolutely no idea I'm just gonna say there for anyone else that's there like perfectly okay you know you're still both very young and figuring the world out like I think it's important as long as you're happy yeah exactly this is it, like, who, who knows? And I think if, if I've learned anything from the past few years, it's been to, like, but why plan? <laughs> because who knows? But I think, uh, for me, what I'm really excited about is just seeing everything that happens around workplace experience in the coming years and seeing the continuing evolution of office management. I think the growth, the evolution, the adapting that's constantly happening within this sector is just fascinating to watch and to be a part of so I'm kind of just like I'm here for the ride like let's see what let's see what comes like who knows um who knows what's going to happen next month and what new revelation is going to come through next year and how our tech continues to develop and create new opportunities there that's what I'm excited about I'm just excited to be here to be honest (laughs) 
<laughs> just be in the present I'm I'm excited and happy to be in the present I love that and it's it's so important that you know these roles are not for the faint-hearted we've had someone on I think in one of the very early episodes that said you know you you've got to have thick skin this isn't for the faint-hearted this this is a, a challenging role you've got to I think Martha you alluded it to it quite a lot you've got to sort of treat everybody fairly and give everybody a say and that's a very difficult thing to to master and you can't always take on board what everyone says because sometimes that's just not what the business wants to do and the person holding the purse strings and things so it is very much a role that you have to enjoy to be able to do it as well as you know enjoy and be good at all the things that we need to do so yeah I think that's perfectly perfectly acceptable answer there Catherine for for my question which some people hate me asking as well they're like oh don't ask me that oh my god I don't know yeah I, I always kind of describe us a little bit like ducks like frantic underneath the water but on the surface like everything is absolutely fine everything's fine everything's chill um and I think that is the best description of an office manager is that you are constantly being like I absolutely have this um and you're doing a thousand things underneath the water our, our swan for, for anyone that's listened to every single episode I can't even remember how many we're up to now the swan piece has come up a lot oh has it there we go I'm the one that's like it's a duck <laughs> never before have we referred to it as a duck most people are like swan because it's the it's the more graceful, graceful prettier animal but I will take ducks as well Do you know what it is I had that answer I had that question once in a job interview and um, for some reason I just didn't want to describe myself as a swan so I called myself a duck and I love ducks I was like you know what they're they're a, they're a hardy bird <laughs> I might take more hen instead next time and be like the smaller bird you know the the little more hen and go I'm like a little more hen either way I fully agree we are paddling away underneath and everything on top is looking smooth so yeah it comes up a lot well ladies thank you so much for joining me on the pod it's been really really good to get to know you both and more about your roles yeah this has been wonderful thank you so much and like just yeah so happy to be here and it's it's such a nice way to be able to connect with with the network and office managers overall thank you very much This episode is sponsored by the Office Management Portal, our free online membership platform aimed at connecting, supporting and empowering office managers in a simple to use, all-in-one self-service resource. You can sign up right now at www.theofficemanagementportal.com and click the sign up button in the top right. If you want to upgrade your account to our premium membership at any time for unlimited downloadable templates and monthly expert masterclasses, use the code THEOMD for 25% off. That's the T-H-E-O-M-D for Office Manager Diaries for 25% off. Thank you for listening. <laughs>